Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Logan's Devotions. It's great to be together. Wonderful to open up God's Word for another day and see what he has to say. We're turning through to Luke chapter 9 and picking up at verse 18. But before I read that, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, which is rich and true. We do pray that you would bless it to us this afternoon and help us to see wonderful things, that we might behold Christ and follow him faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah. And others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Well, we've been thinking a little bit about the reality of the ministry that the disciples have been fulfilling. We've been thinking about just the reality of being a disciple, I guess. And that's had unique application for the disciples themselves and more generic and general application for us. We continue that same theme today, but it sort of shifts a little bit. I wonder if you remember in the Gospel of John, when Jesus feeds the 5,000 there, what the crowds do after. Jesus feeds the 5,000, and then the crowds take Jesus and attempt to make him king. Jesus walks through the crowd and just sort of walks off. And there's a sense in which we have a little bit of the same type of thing going on here. Jesus has fed the crowds. The disciples are with him. He's praying. You can imagine the disciples beginning to think to themselves, right? They've been serving. Herod is perplexed and wants to see Jesus. The crowds are satisfied in him. They're amazed in him. Everyone is in awe of Jesus. And you can imagine the minds of the disciples beginning to tick, right? I wonder, they might think to themselves, I wonder what sort of king Jesus will be. I wonder what we will be in the kingdom. I wonder what it means for us to be his disciples. And in the middle of maybe that pondering, Jesus comes to them and asks them a question. 
Who do the crowds say that I am? Well, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah. It's, it's a repeat. If you've forgotten, it's a repeat of what gets talked about down in verse 7 when we think thought about Herod. Who is this man? Who is this Christ? Who is this Jesus? Jesus says, well, what do you say? And Peter says, the Christ of God. And he's right. You are the Christ of God. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are he who has been prophesied of and promised all through the Old Testament. But the question at that point now is, what do they mean by that? When Peter says the Christ of God, I don't think he has in his mind the sufferings of Christ. That wasn't a category in his mind. And we know that from all the rest of the interactions. We know that from the very next thing that follows. If the disciples knew perfectly well what that meant, Jesus would not have needed to say verse 21 through to 22. But he does. Why? Because the disciples are thinking Davidic kingdom, Davidic king, Davidic messiah. And we get to be his disciples. And so Jesus here clarifies what sort of ministry he fulfills. And calls the disciples and anybody else to faithfulness in light of the type of kingdom he's fulfilling. And so Jesus says to them, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. What, what, what was Jesus' mission? What, what has he come to do? He's come to die. He's come to lay down his life as a ransom for many. This is not in the, I guess, sphere of the thinking of the disciples whatsoever. But that's the mission. Jesus has come to do the will of his Father in heaven. And nothing will stop him to do that. Soon enough, he will set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem. And nothing will stop him from accomplishing his Father's will, from doing that which would bring you and I salvation. That's the nature of the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. It's not a victorious earthly kingdom here and now. It's not riding in on a war horse to Jerusalem to slay Rome and get them out of the way. No, it's a sacrificial kingdom. It will be a victorious kingdom, and it is a victorious kingdom, but not in the sense that the disciples were thinking. But Jesus calls them to follow in his footsteps. He shows them what their, what discipleship meant for them. So he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. He says this to everyone. If anyone wants to be a part of my kingdom, if you want to be my disciple, don't expect glory and honor here and now. Pick up a cross. If anyone wants to be one of my people, If anyone wants to save his life, he must give up all of the honor, all of the glory, all of the privileges of this world and bear a cross. Now, that don't automatically jump to trials and sufferings in this world. Think very, very plainly. When Jesus said to them, If anyone wants to follow me, he must take up his cross. The people that heard him say that would not have thought 
the cross of sickness, the cross of affliction. Though those things are burdens we must endure, that's not what they would have thought. They would have thought of the death penalty. It would be like me saying to you, if you want to be a member of Covenant Presbyterian Church, you must find an electric chair and carry it around with you. You must find a lethal injection needle and have it stabbed into you. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, if you want to be one of my disciples, you must die to this world. You must willingly give up everything in this world. That's why Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? You see, it's the question of what do we want? Do we want the glory and pomp and pride of this world? Or do we want the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that comes with the kingdom of God? But look what happens when we side with Christ. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And it says in, in the other synoptic gospels that whoever is not ashamed of him, that he will openly confess him before his Father. So isn't that a blessed thought? Jesus Christ standing before the Father and saying, Look, it's he who took up his cross and followed me. It's your son. It's your daughter. It's a blessed thought, isn't it? This, this hasn't changed. Sure, we don't have actual crosses to pick up and carry like Peter had to. But we are still required to die to ourselves, to die to this world, and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what salvation means. Not to earn salvation. We know that. We know the whole gospel. We know the whole theological framework of justification by faith alone. But salvation includes renouncing the world, taking up your cross, following the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you done it? Or are you still seeking to obtain here and now what you can't? Well, may God grant you to pick up a cross and follow him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is an ominous calling, but it is a glorious one. And we pray that by the grace that you supply, that you would help us to take our crosses and follow Jesus daily. In whose name we pray. Amen.